This week on the podcast, let's hear all about Bo Long Fallen Dynasty. Let's speculate on why Magic the Gathering cards are ending up in landfills and stick around until the end of the show for Deals of the Week. All of that and more in this week's episode of the podcast. Roll the intro. Hello and welcome to Next to Nothing, a podcast for gamers on a budget pre-recorded this week. I'm your host, Danny Kay. I'm also joined by the wonderful, the beautiful, the Mr. Green Elite. Green, how are you doing today? Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm doing, <laughs> doing, I'm doing, yeah. I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, you know, I'm living, I'm, I'm living and, uh, it's, yeah, life. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's great, you know, like, mm-hmm. what is there to complain about, you know, like, Crippling debt, you know, <laughs> constant weight of like pressure of like the future and what that holds. It's it's great. It's great. It's it's Danny. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing okay. <laughs> I'm about to get snowed in because I decided to uh, temporarily move to Minnesota for uh, three months in the middle of winter. And even though it's March right now, it's going to still snow until the end of time. We're also joined by the spooky and the ukulele, Mendachi. Mendachi, how are you today? Uh, sadly, neither spooky nor ukulele. I'm uh, under the weather. I've been battling a cold for like four days. But, you know, we're just out here coughing and sounding like we're in a detective pulp noir movie. You know, just... You say he was wearing like a brown coat. Yeah, that's that's been my life for the past four days. But, uh, you know, I've just been uh, trying not to choke on cough lozenges and uh, living as best as I can. You know, it's probably a good thing that we are pre-recording this week's episode. Uh, by the way, we're pre-recording yeah. because I have to go uh, do an obligation and it just seemed easier uh, to do it this way. Um, but thanks for watching and listening to the show. No matter what time we do it and however we seem to get it to you guys, we appreciate you guys for, you know, paying attention to us uh be sure to stick around until the end of the show to the end of the video like i said to hear about some awesome deals that we found for you this week of course if you miss any part of the show you can find us on youtube spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are found you can usually find us live every tuesday on twitch at 7 p.m central time usually but mandachi you Yo. are like just on the cutting edge with Mm -hmm. Long Fallen Dynasty just released, like, what, Tuesday? Friday. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah. So, um, first and foremost, that was kind of an accident. I didn't really know what to do on Friday. Uh, I just checked out Game Pass. It was there. It's free on Game Pass right now. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Screw it. Let's go ahead and download it. Check it out. So now I'm about halfway through Wolong. Um, so this review reflects that. Like, it's like a half-baked thing, kind of like how I feel right now. And I just want to put it out there that I didn't originally plan to play this game because I'm having a little bit of like a Souls-like gameplay fatigue. And I'm also not a huge fan of the term Souls-like because these kinds of games are actually of the roguelite genre. Roguelite not like because you don't lose progress when you die you just have to respawn go through mobs again so in that aspect this game with the other games of that genre are fairly forgiving you just lose a percentage of your exp so make sure 
if you're playing, to level up often. Now onto the front-end tiddly bits. Wolong was made by Team Ninja, published by Koei Tecmo. So Koei Tecmo, the people behind Samurai Warriors and Dynasty Warriors, and all the like 30 variants of those games, Team Ninja was the team that actually brought us Ninja Gaiden, Neo, 1 and 2, and then, of course, who could forget Dead or Alive and like Dead or Alive Volleyball. I love it. Anyway, that being said, Wolong does an excellent job actually building off of what Neo 2 accomplished and, in my opinion, made some excellent choices along uh, with a couple weird ones. Uh, it even made really great mechanical choice changes uh, that were present in Neo 2 as well as Elden Ring, but I'll get into that in a bit. Wolong, like many Koei Tecmo games, actually have a lot of issues on their launch. This is definitely one of those titles. And ironically enough, one of the issues is that uh, it has a hard time launching on PCs and consoles. So I'm going to throw a helpful YouTube link in the uh, podcast episode description. Video is not super great quality, but they'll walk you through everything that you need to do in order to get it to hopefully launch for you. Uh, it worked for me. I do still have some occasional crashes here and there. Typically when I'm scrolling through like a merchant window or a cutscene tries to play that transition between gameplay and cutscene. Um, I'm also experiencing some pretty jarring screen tearing here and there. And I've gone through literally all of the graphic settings, like VSync on off, performance mode on off, high quality, blah, 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 literally everything. I mean, you can try and tell me things in the comments like that's that's cool. I probably already checked it out, though. Uh, nothing that I have tried has remedied this so far. So otherwise, there haven't been any bugs in the gameplay or like hit detection, you know, kind of like the important thing, like do you want to kill the thing or get killed? So it's doing that right. And like a few times the AI got a little confused because they'll try and take the shortest path to you to, you know, fuck your shit up and they would get stuck on the environment. And then you kind of have to like move around a little bit, you know, help them out without, you know, getting baited into getting attacked because that's just frustrating uh, when you're just trying to play the game and the game's just like, no, that's for punishing you. Not, not super great. Uh, the hitboxes on some of the weapons, by the way, kind of weird. Like, some, like, have really big wide swings, but they actually don't swing that wide. Uh, I'm using a really heavy, like, hammer-like weapon and then a spear. And both weapons have attacks that do, like, a 180 sweep, like, from your full right to your full left. And it won't hit people that are like on your full right or your full left. It's very strange. So you're definitely going to have to play around with a little bit to kind of figure out like where your danger zone is and keep your enemies there. Uh, there is obviously a lock on system to help you like keep your attacks lined up, but um, it seems like you have to be pretty precise. <clears throat> Excuse me. Remember I'm dealing with a cold, so I'm trying my best. Speaking of combat though, it's pretty good. I mean, like, the combos are pretty simple, like XXXY, XXXXY, and then like, sometimes you'll 
you'll uh, knock the enemy into a staggered position and you'll be able to do a little heavier hitting uh, attack or you'll be able to do a critical attack, which is kind of cinematic and flashy and super cool. There's also a lot of potential special attacks for each weapon. And like one spear, let's just call it a cavalry spear, that cavalry spear might have different special attacks than another cavalry spear that you find. It's pretty interesting. So you will see a lot of different weapons. You're going to have to kind of play around a lot to kind of figure out what feels best for you, what you think feels cool, looks cool, and is obviously helpful. Um, however, you're going to have to be really careful how you end up using some of these special moves or the various magic attacks that this game has to offer because missteps and spamming in this game get you killed exceptionally fast. Like, you'll get hit once, you'll be staggered, and then they will ground pound you or whatever, you're dead. This restart sucks, but like that's, that's kind of what people are used to in this genre. So the game really asks you to master its mechanics, kind of get thinking outside the box, and of course, fight patiently. Don't get greedy. In short, it's much like Neo and every other title of this genre. So a few things that it does differently, though, that are cool. The spirit gauge, instead of stamina, it goes both ways. Like, so you have a red portion of the bar and a blue portion of the bar. If you're landing a lot of attacks and your enemy's taking damage, the blue bar will go up, which means that you will do more orange bar damage to them, which will then put them into a staggered position. And then you can do a cool flashy attack to do tons of damage to them. However, if you're like flipping around constantly and you're like mistiming your, your deflections or you're just spamming special moves or you're trying to cast magic and someone hits you while you're doing that, you're going to get a huge chunk of orange meter. And then you'll get staggered and, and just like absolutely dropped. So when that blue bar is up, you're going to do more damage, like I said to their health and their stamina gauge, and then obviously flashy finish. So you also build morale and fortitude as you progress through each level, which is like a mission basis. It is not a connected map, it's mission to mission style. So morale is built by beating enemies, planting battle flags and standards. These are typically like, like the standards act like bonfires and you'll find them on the general path going forward, like on your way to the actual objective. These like battle flags though, basically they just like give you a full heal and then they uh, move towards your, your fortitude and your morale. So if you're out and about, you need to be looking for these because they're typically hidden in the levels. It's very imperative that you do this because it actually increases your overall defense and your health, like your max health for the level. Not all like not for all time, but for the level itself. So definitely look look out for them because it'll make some of those fights a lot easier. Um, morale is also kind of strange though because it also builds as you just kind of defeat enemies consecutively without you know dying. So you can get your morale fairly high and then in that case you will do more damage to health and to stamina i believe it also works for your defense as well so uh more so than or less than fortitude but i think it has some sort of small 
incremental change to your defense. So definitely look out for those. Try to kill as many enemies as you can without like dying. Uh, if you do die, you will lose a good chunk of your morale, but whatever morale that you built up from finding the flags at standard locations, that stays. So that's cool. Um, and you can always just go beat enemies again to raise your morale. But if you're having a really hard time, you might want to skip it and then just go for your main objective. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's kind of an interesting idea to have um, like little things that you can find throughout each mission that make you go in and kind of investigate, be a little adventurous and take your time with the mission um, and then reward you for doing so. Pretty cool, honestly. It feels good, uh, and you feel rewarded when you uh, when you do find one of these. Because when you plant uh, a standard, it refills all of your health flasks and heals you completely. Finding a um, battle flag or whatever, the little ones so you don't get to like level up at, will just give you a full heal for you and your party members. So. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty nice. And every time that you get to a bonfire, you would be able to completely re-outfit your character like you would um, in like a downtime location uh, instead of just like having to wait until after you're done with a mission. So it's pretty cool. Uh, probably my favorite thing about Wolong is how it's it, it treats its stats. Leveling and, and magic is kind of, um, it's all combined. It's all intertwined. Uh, these systems are all just one very easy to understand mechanic. So there's there's five elements to invest levels in, which are tied to your character's stats, and then also give you access to different magic attacks, buffs, debuffs, and increase the damage you do with different weapon types. Like big, big, big like butt buster hammers are tied with the earth elemental, like the earth phase as they call it, and then bows are with the water so on and so forth as you play through you'll see that there's like uh it'll tell you how it scales like oh this is a b for earth so if i have a lot of points in earth it'll scale better like i'll do more damage with that weapon so it, it's very upfront where i feel like a lot of these other games are typically like do you want to do strength dex vitality wisdom intelligence arcane holy uh, there's there's so many different stats, and then like you see all these like little numbers, and then there's hidden numbers that are also moving, and it's just so much that you're like, okay, I guess I'm gonna go on Fextra Life, or I'm gonna go find a wiki, and I'm gonna look up a build because this is dumb. Um, something else that I really enjoy is that as you're leveling up and you're choosing which of these elements to put points into, you're also um, like it's it's like I said, kind of baked in. You go into a separate window, and it just says, hey, because you have X amount of points in, say, fire, you can just, like, buy this many spells. Uh, here's the points that you use to buy spells with. And you're like, okay, cool. You get more points by putting, like, just leveling, uh, actually. Just leveling. Or if you level up um, that specific element, you'll get points specifically for that element. Uh, really nice. Like you don't have to invest in a stat that's specifically for magic, and then go and find specific like magic items, magic weapons. It's just there. Um, <clears throat> the game encourages you to use magic spells alongside combat, and then in these levels, you typically have an NPC follower with you, 
So it's like, no, this is how we intended you to play it. So like, go ahead and enjoy it like this. Uh, try different combinations and stuff. You can also just reallocate your points whenever you want to. Like after you get past, I think it was like level four, like mission main mission four. Um, you'll be able to just reallocate your points whenever you want to. Uh, try out a whole bunch of different builds. Try out different spells. It's pretty sick, honestly. Um, so it's something that like this is something this simplified spell casting and leveling system and stat system is something that I want to see in other games of this genre. And um, yeah, it's, it's just really, really interesting to be able to, to not have to choose like, Oh, I want to be a magic user. I want to be a like big sword wielding dude. It's like, you could do both. Now you can kind of do a mix match. So like it's it's pretty good so other than the rough stabilization issues the only gripes i really have with the game are the sound quality and the cutscenes. they're just they're not they're not great like i would say that i, I don't want to say that they're not good but they're not great like it, it feels as cheesy as dynasty warriors in in the moments of cutscenes. neo 2 was cheesy at times neo 1 i mean there was a ninja that kept a cat in his kimono and would pull it out and would tell him the time that's that's in that game this game however has like these totally nonsensical conversations or people reacting really weird uh it just seems like perhaps like localization just didn't quite hit it on the head uh i just i don't know it's weird it feels off the other part that i don't really like is I haven't been a fan of the like stat systems for what's on weapons and armor in the Neo games, such as like increasing a stat by 2.8% or reducing the amount of damage you take from frontal frontal strike attacks by 1.5%. Like that, that sucks. It feels useless, you know, and it's, it actually is useless. Like it's, it's something that you would fixate on. But in the grand scheme of things, it will never save you. Like, there's no reason to stack that. And you're constantly getting new weapons and armor. It just makes coming through what might be good pretty dull. And uh, it takes a lot of time. So I would highly recommend that uh, you just kind of look for something. You're like, oh, this raises my stone spell damage. That sounds good. Or this makes it so I do more damage to enemies. That's always a plus. This gives me more HP, you know, like just focus on like the things that look like they make the most sense and don't become a crazy person looking at these wild, small integers because it won't serve you. It's, it's not going to do anything for you. So that being said, it does feel pretty cool uh, fighting um, in the game. And there is uh, invasions, which I anticipated, but it doesn't really seem like it really fits but it is kind of cool fighting a player with this combat system. You're just flipping all over the place, dodging and deflecting each other and doing cool attacks at each other. It's, it's pretty nice. But do we gotta? In closing, it's a fun game. It feels great. The fights are interesting, flashy, and not too tedious for the most part. Mastering your timing, mechanics, and weapons of choice feel good. When you're in the tune, like when you're in tune with the flow of combat, it shines, dude. Like it's sick. I do stand by that it made some awesome improvements to systems that share the genre, 
And I do recommend picking it up if you're a fan of the genre uh, or you like Neo 1 or 2, you're looking for a challenge or, you know, whatever. I, I can recommend it there. However, only grab it on Game Pass for free or just wait until it is better optimized and stable. If I had shelled out 60 bucks or like even like 70 bucks for this game, I would be like upsetty spaghetti, super bad. There's also a season pass available with the first DLC hitting in June and the last one landing somewhere around December, which seems like forever away. So buyer beware. Try it for free if you can. And uh, watch out for that first boss. There's uh, there's a lot of salty people out there. It's a <laughs> bit of a difficulty curve. I was just about to ask, like, uh, um, so I, I've have an, I have an unnamed friend. We're gonna we're gonna call yes. him Bob, right? Okay, Bob. I, I was just about to ask, like, uh, he, they spent four and a half hours trying to beat the first boss. Ouch. Um, was it? a difficulty setting issue in the game or was it a skill issue both both honestly um i am going to agree a little bit here okay so the first boss is a two-phase boss both with full health bars um and it's it's thrown at you after you know like kind of fighting a whole bunch of nothing right like just some normal ass soldiers and then this dude comes in, he's like jumping at you all over the screen. He's uh, shooting spikes out of the ground at you. And you're just like, I barely know the mechanics of this game. I guess I'll try. And you don't have any other weapon at that point other than a sword. So like if you, if you don't like how it plays at that point, you don't have a choice. Well, no, it, there was also a, I got a polearm as well. So I was fighting with a polearm. So you're you're basically bare bones level. You have three healing items. Um, you're going in basically suboptimal, like on purpose. Like that's the way the game kind of sets you up. And you have to beat this dude down his entire health bar, at which point he something, right? Isn't even my final form. And he transforms. And now he has a completely different moveset. Uh, and attacks that uh, are like very, very like far reaching and stuff. He's got attacks that can do three quarters of your health bars. So if you didn't have heals, you're kind of screwed, so on and so forth. It, it's, it's, it's rough. I will tell you that it's rough. It's a hell of a welcome mat. Um, but four and a half hours, man, like the game just wants you to focus on doing the mechanics don't uh, don't attack a whole lot you know like attack when you know you have an opening but the secret to that second phase is wait for him to do a really big attack and then just press whatever your your deflect button is like if you're on an xbox controller like i am you just you just do one of these you just you hit b and you flick any direction when he hits you it's really really easy <laughs> you just then you punch him then you just do that <laughs> over and over and then you win 
you know, it's it's one of those things where like you don't need like a primus guide for it, but it is going to be a very rough welcome for people that are not used to the genre. Um, there's articles. I saw articles today, people being like, What the hell is wrong with this first boss? Like, it's rough, it's hard, it's but like it's it's not that bad. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I probably sound like I'm an elitist scumbag or something like that, but it's just take your time. Take your time. Be patient. Don't rush in. That's the whole game. If you can master not rushing in and taking your time, you'll beat it in no time. So in other words, get good scrubs. You know, it's a it's an undying, it's an undying thing that that uh that turn of phrase. <laughs> and I think I think it will live on in infamy. Okay. I think you've answered any question I possibly could have had about this game. I tried to. I tried to. It's it's fine. It's in a it's a decent game. It would be really awesome if people could just boot it and play it. <laughs> but uh that's hard right now. Yeah. I, you know, executables are hard. Uh anything anything else on on Wolong Fallen Dynasty? Not for me, uh, no. Yeah, I'm good. Do you guys want to speculate on why Magic the Gathering cards are somehow ending up in landfills? What a coincidence. Mm. So this might be the first time we're actually talking about Magic the Gathering like directly, I think. I can't think of like how often we actually talk about MTG. It's not often at all, if ever. Um. And really, I wanted to talk about this story because of how bizarre it is and the potential implications that it could have for the value of what is probably the world's most popular card game. Is that is that a controversial statement? Mm, I wouldn't say so. Okay. I would say Solitaire is more <laughs> popular, but that's just me. Uh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, so we're going to need a little bit of backstory here, right? So last year, Magic the Gathering announced a 30th anniversary set of cards were going to cost $1,000. And it would come with a 15-card uh, booster packs and reprints of select cards with original arch, it says, uh, such as Siobhan, Dragon, Sarah, Angel, and others. There's also supposed to be like a reserved list with like not tournament legal versions of the Black Lotus and stuff. We didn't cover it when it was a big story, but I mean, a lot of people were very upset about it and saying that it was just too much. And uh, the price tag really shocked a lot of people in that community uh, because at the time, a lot of players and enthusiasts were saying that the value of cards seemed to be falling due to overprinting and a decrease in overall quality of prints. I don't play MTG. Mindachi, mm -hmm. I know you have a little bit of history there. Do you want to weigh in on that at all? Yeah, yeah, I I can't wait to uh, get shit on by Zombie, uh, who I would say probably was a little bit more avid than I was. Um, but yeah, I, I at one point had about 30, 35 pounds of cards. And uh, I never really tried to mess with like the online card economy. I know that it is, however, pretty nuts when you have to have like websites devoted to tracking card prices. And then your online version of your card game 
has a separate economy from your physical card game economy. That's insane. When you also have to go like up to uh, store associates in order to unlock your cards so that you can purchase them. Also crazy. Like magic is in a very weird spot uh, because of like the rarity card, like the, the ultra rare mythic rare cards. Um, the print, the prints on them, like you have no idea. They never really shared as far as that goes. They're just like, yeah, I mean like, you know, it's supposed to be one in 5,000. It sounds, it starts sounding like scratch ticket odds, essentially. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, like if you want to go and buy something online, single to having up to four, as long as it's not a legendary creature in your deck, then man, like that's, it can get expensive. You can go and buy like a $650 deck. Uh, just goofy, just fucking goofy. But yeah, as far as overprinting and stuff like that, people have been talking about that quite a bit. Uh, colors and just like quality wise, kind of fucky as well. Uh, really strange, but Magic the Gathering's been kind of going through a really weird spot, I think, the past two years. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I kind of want to hit on something that you said there, where it feels like people are playing scratch-offs with when they buy Magic the Gathering cards, right? Because there yes. is such there is such a value in these cards, or a perceived value in these cards. Um, so imagine the community's surprise and bewilderment when somebody dumped over an estimated $100,000 worth of cards in a landfill in Texas, right? Yeah. This is this is just weird, right? So a Reddit user named Latino with a zero uh, at the end posted a picture uh, or a series of pictures, really, of six pallets of Magic the Gathering cards freshly dumped still in boxes and wrapped in plastic just right there in the landfill uh according to the gamer uh the website the gamer um among the cards that were found in the heap were from the secret layer uh and the aforementioned 30 30th anniversary cards jesus yeah um, so this has, of course, led to speculation in the community about what happened to these cards. Why were they dumped in landfill to become trash, rotten food for rats, right? Like, <laughs> why, why are these here? <laughs> um, and there, there's a little bit of speculation. Uh, the first theory that is probably more plausible is that the cards were somehow damaged or defected in some way uh and that a vendor refused them and if a vendor refused them then they just get tossed in the trash right um so that was what is probably the the most likely theory but there are people who are putting on their tinfoil hats and it's mm. a it's an interesting theory here that uh wizards of the coast and hasbro who own magic the gathering dumped the cards because they have been overprinting them and they needed a way to get rid of the cards to try to bring the value of the cards back up no one bought the 30th anniversary cards or something to that effect and uh they they needed some way 
to to bring the value of cards back up and so they just dumped them mm. you know uh that is an interesting theory to to certainly uh say the least i'm not sure if i entirely believe it but i think it's plausible right but also like as far as economy goes too right like you want to battle inflation well then just burn the money that's in circulation man now the dollars are worth more <laughs> that's that's not a real thing you know like man <laughs> like cards are assigned their rarity before they even you know like reach a printer obviously mm. and then because it's supposed to be how how good is this card how strong is this card really like is it a three cost and it's a seven seven and drops two red seven seven dragon tokens on the field maybe you know like so like that's that's going to be something that we want to have like one in five thousand cards could be this yeah so like what when you're when oh my god oh it's it's like it it's it's almost like I, I wish I was an economist because there's got to be a term for this. It's like a falsification of either like some sort of inflation or deflation of this card market because the cards have been printed. It's like lottery tickets. Okay. I know a lot about lottery tickets because I used to have to sell them. So think about it like this. If your odds are one in four tickets are a winner and you're looking at the roll in in like the little like thing that you can buy lottery tickets from and you're like oh well there's 20 tickets in here you're like okay so really five of these could be winners but what the guy at the counter is not going to tell you is like i also have six more packages of these lottery tickets behind me which are all part of that same pool of odds so all 20 of those might be losers. So like the, the cards themselves, like it's, it's not actually changing the economy in like a, a direct way. You know what I'm saying? The cards, you can't get to them, but the rarity is still the same. So they've just taken those cards out of circulation. So now it's like harder to get them, but they're not telling anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's fucky. It's fucky, man. Yeah. Green, do you have a perspective you want to share on this at all? No. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of rampant and wild speculation. At the moment, this seems like it will just remain a mystery. It, it, mm -hmm. It's just going to be a mystery about how these estimated minimum $100,000 worth of Magic the Gathering cards ended up in this landfill in fucking texas is it the fault of a shipping company damaging cards or is it an actual effort by watsi and hasbro to cover up the overprinting ha their overprinting habits and increase the value of the product again who knows you know unless unless someone speaks up um but right. i actually oh go ahead uh yeah i was just gonna say right and it's just like when it, when it comes to the value of, say, like, we're just going to talk about one mythic rare card, right, as an example. Mm. 
the card's already been printed. It's a mythic rare. If it's one in 5,000, and then all of these cards go missing, that doesn't actually impact Hasbro's like, ah, yes, this card is worth so much money. Give us this money. That's third party. That's resale value. That's I got this card mint and threw it in a card case. I'm selling it on the toad and you're going to buy it from me for 50 bucks. What if that money goes to Hasbro? Like, you know what I'm saying? It mm-hmm. literally doesn't do anything for their product at all. It's just, yeah, we had $100,000 worth of retail goods go in the trash. The players are the ones that place other monetary value based on uh, uh, accessibility to the commodity. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's, that's it. It's, it's, it's third-party market. So yeah, again, this is all just, it angers me. <laughs> and, it, and I'm also uh, smooth brain, so I probably don't understand uh, half of what is actually possibly going on. Yeah. Um, but because we don't talk about Magic the Gathering all that much, I, I wanted to actually take this as just like an opportunity, open up the conversation of the value of Magic cards. And if at its current rate, what will the card, will the cards hold value over time? And will we see MTG return to a model and path that made it the juggernaut that it is? And I really want to know from our community if they think that's going to happen. So let us know in the comments what you think. And we would love to hear from you. We'll, uh, we'll be sure to be watching the comments and, and uh, talking to you guys all about that. Anything else on, on this uh, mystery? Do we need to get you scooped? Know, or- Go ahead. It kind of it kind of reminds me of I think it was Am Abercrombie and Fitch. I think it, it reminds me of how I'm pretty sure it's it's Abercrombie and Fitch, maybe Hollister. Um, where the the CEO was like, "We don't give uh clothes like to mm. like, homeless shelters and stuff. Like we don't donate our clothes if we don't sell them. They like either burn them or like paint them and throw them in a the landfill." Like dye them and throw them in landfill and shit like that because they don't want poor people to wear their clothes. <laughs> that sounds like Amber like, Crombie. I don't know. I don't know I, why, I, but it gives uh, me that vibe yeah. for some reason. Just kind of like a yeah. Well, you denied them, so we might as well just throw them in the trash. Fuck doing third party, nothing like that. Like there's there's obviously like those uh, overstock markets. Surely you could have at least gotten half of your, you know, at least your wholesale back right yeah well and that's why yeah, I, it was abercrombie yeah it was abercrombie and that actually like you're you know if we're talking about like if this was like a vendor that's why i'm kind of thinking is somehow these cards because we only know the condition of what they look like after they've been in a landfill for uh, a couple of hours right like they've been sitting there uh released into the open air of a of a dump soaking in garbage juice and being blown around in the wind right like but (laughs) like what did these things look like when they got to the dump were these things water damaged they have like like did a like a mouse chew its way into the box and or something you know (laughs) like that is maybe maybe the cargo is filled with cockroaches like we don't know yeah um but yeah, definitely let us know what you guys think. If you have any wild theories, I want to hear like your like 
look, we already put like our our tinfoil hat. Go on ahead and like just wrap it around your head and give us your wacky theories in the comment section. I would love to hear it. But do you guys want to go on ahead and talk about deals of the week? Heck yeah. Okay. So I'm going to start out here. Uh, over on Fanatical, you can save on Team 17 games, uh, like 13% off Marauders, which I've been enjoying Marauders lately. Um, it's something I got it uh, gifted to me, and it's been very fun, uh, very enjoyable. I know we've talked about it uh, on the in the uh, past on the show, but... Uh, yeah, with Nab, Nab McTackle. Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty fun. Uh, you can also say, like, on that same sale, uh, 82% off of Overcooked, which is one of my fiancé's favorite games, and she was yelling at me the other night as we were playing um, because I am bad at it. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> there's also 78% off of Blasphemous, which I know our good friend RevSpend really enjoyed. So, yeah, that's over on Fanatical. Team 17 sale. Mendachi, what do you got? That's a damn good sale, Danny. Uh it's gonna be hard to follow it up so anyway uh, uh uh there's other side if you've heard of that other side and scourge bringer on humble choice for 11.99 a month so these games are leaving soon these are the february games but you can still grab them they're pretty great other side is a tactical indie rpg with some pretty interesting art direction and uh scourge bringer is a neat little roguelite metroidvania uh, in a very pleasing retro style, I recommend both of them. And I actually nabbed them earlier today because I almost forgot to. Heck yeah. Green, what do you got? I have The Rising. It's uh, a pretty uh, fun game that I've seen a lot of people really very in much enjoy. It's uh, got a, a very positive rating on Steam. And Steam has it on sale right now for 20% off. That ends on March 9th for $15.99. Originally $19.99. So, you know, save yourself, uh, you know, four bucks. That's and the that picture came out. Hell yeah. A lot yeah. of people like it. It's, it's, and the biggest thing about Be Rising is it's still an early access game. So it's not like completely finished yet. So, like, it's already got very positive reviews now. What can it be in the future? You know? Heck Good yeah. point be perfect you know who knows yeah who knows but yeah that is until march 9th and then we also have the uh uh steam spring is it the spring sale that's coming up on like the 13th yeah. or something like that we talked about this last week yeah so keep an eye out for that too whoop whoop green unless there's anything else that we want to talk about do you want to tell us uh what's coming up with your channel um well and this weekend is uh, Hyena's uh, alpha playtest that I can't actually stream. That's been pretty fun. I've been enjoying that. Been trying to get everyone on that on that uh, that wagon of trying out hyenas because it is uh, a very very fun. And I I I signed an NDA mm -hmm. um, to play it in the closed alpha. Um. So I can't like stream it or anything. I don't know how much I can talk about it. Um, but yeah, it, is, it's it, is, it is it is very fun. It is Good. very polished for being a uh, a closed alpha. Yeah, like so far it's been great. Like and they're just adding more stuff at, like 
from that last alpha uh, weekend that we had they've added some new features into it just to test out like if there's a tie between t- two teams and stuff like that so yeah it, it's definitely improving um even like the first alpha like the the first weekend of the alpha um back in january i think it was um it there was only like a few very minor bugs that were like oh it's an alpha kind of you know thing other than that it was a very very clean experience so i I can't wait to talk about hyenas in full once i get to go ahead to be able to do that because it's gonna be great Uh, but yeah for streaming i'm not sure i I don't know i'm kind of just trucking through life at the moment so um if i am streaming it'll be on twitch twitch.tv forward slash mr elite um and it'll probably be my my basic mainstay of hunt or overwatch or something who knows or maybe even maybe even doing like a sons of the forest thing who knows i got that game i would love it i haven't played it yet i would love to see you play it just because i know you're a, a horror bitch so i am a horror bitch yeah you know what would be interesting since we were, uh, you know, pre-recording this is if, like, I went live on the Next to Nothing YouTube and Twitter, or Twitch, and, mm. like, was playing a playthrough of Sons of the Forest mm. on Tuesday. Ooh, maybe. We'll see. Ooh. If you're watching this Tuesday and you're seeing that live, I don't know. If not, sorry. <laughs> oh. Mendachi, what's coming up with you? Well, you know, Green talking about hyenas and and alphas and stuff like that got me thinking about Steel Hunters. And my application was accepted for that playtest. The playtest ends tomorrow Mm. at 4 (laughs) o'clock. And uh, uh, I'm looking at my email now and it's like, hey man, here's further instructions within 48 hours. But they sent that to me on the 2nd. (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, I have yet I have yet to receive my instructions to play the playtest since it's going to end here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, can't tell you about Steel Hunters. I was going to stream this weekend, some world long, but uh, yeah, I've been I've been pretty cruddy. Uh, I think that a pre-recorded episode is about all I'm going to be able to muster until at least midway through next week or possibly later. Uh, but yeah, I'll be finishing Wolong keeping my eyes out, being ready for Resident Evil 4. Uh, March is a wild-ass month for gaming, so definitely keep an eye out and try to keep a few extra bucks in your wallet because, you know, that spring sale is right around the corner, man. And, yeah, yeah, just a lot, a lot, a lot. Just try try to take a breath. (laughs) Um, Coming up for me... uh... I kind of, me and Indy Falco kind of uh, missed our recording opportunity because we got too deep into the weeds on something that we were working on for VRCana. Uh, so I'm actually recording that tomorrow. There should be a new episode of VRCana up on Saturday. Then at the following Saturday, uh, the bonus episode should be up. I'm also working really hard on the next session. Uh, I've got like quite a few things uh, written. I have to do some maps and some tables and then we should be good. So at some point we'll get another session of VRCana up and going. But that is pretty much it for me. 
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Danny K D A N I E C A E. That's where I shit post and uh, talk about dumb shit. So uh, join me over there. Anything else, guys? Nar. Nope. Sleepy. That is the whole show for this week. Thanks for watching and listening. Your time and attention is always appreciated. If you've made it this far, be sure to drop us a like and subscribe for more episodes just like this one. Uh, don't forget to let us know your thoughts to any of the topics that we discussed in the comment section. We do love hearing from you all, and we look forward to talking to you in the comments. You guys can also find us on the go, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, everywhere podcasts are found. Of course, if you're already listening to us on those platforms, find us on YouTube. And you can typically find us live every Tuesday on Twitch at 7 p.m. Central Time on the Next Nothing Network uh, Twitch channel. And you can also keep up with us on Twitter. Greenlee, hit him with that Twitter. It's at Next to Nothing PC. It's there. It is there. And there's actually quite a bit of stuff that we do over there on, on Twitter. Uh, we put polls out asking for uh, feedback on VRCana. Like you guys helped me decide the uh, stories that we're doing. Uh, you guys decided the name of the party. Uh, and I'm actually just like a little, there might be some free D&D content that's going to be coming to the Twitter. So hmm. make sure you hit us up over there because... There's, there's some good stuff over there. But until next week, stay safe, stay healthy, keep fighting the good fights, and we'll see you again next week. Goodbye. Vitamin C.